I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. As routines and commuting were disrupted in the face of the pandemic during spring 2020, podcast listening took an immediate hit. But by the end of the year, not only had listeners returned, but audio consumption had grown significantly. Tracking firm Chartable measured over 180% more monthly downloads in 2020 than in 2019. Recognising the trend, and probably having time to do something about it, more creators than ever launched their own shows, and the number of new podcasts mushroomed. Nearly 900,000 new shows were launched last year, that's three times the year before, and around half of these were English language. While much of that was experimentation, with around one in three only publishing one or two episodes, it's clear that the podcast boom that started back in 2015 is showing no signs whatsoever of slowing down. And that leads us to a question that we're going to explore in today's show. Should you consider launching a show for your business? I started Digital Download back in January 2018 for three reasons. First, several people had said to me I should have a show, and as the saying goes, if five people tell you look ill, lie down. Second, I was aware of the trend and wanted to be a part of it. And third, I knew nothing whatsoever about podcasting and wanted to learn what goes into it so I could advise my clients from experience. At that time, there were around 250,000 active English language podcasts, so not an insignificant number. But now there are well over 1 million active English language shows, with around 25 million episodes between them. Competition is much more fierce than it was three years ago. So is it too late to get in on the action? Today's guest is Tamara Littleton, co-founder of The Social Element and of Polpeo, and co-host of a show launched this year called Genuine Humans. If anyone can advise on whether it's worth launching a business podcast in 2021, it's her. Tamara studied psychology at degree level, but fell into publishing where, as a self-confessed computer nerd, she helped her employers transform to digital publishing. Left there for a consultancy job in intranets, fell off a ladder, broke my arm, got got sacked, and then got a job at the BBC, which just transformed my life. Tamara describes her role running the webmaster team in online operations as key to her future working as she did with lots of pioneering people. After a couple of years, she moved on, but was already thinking about running her own company and registered the domain name eModeration. In 2002, the business became a reality, managing forums and communities online for brands. At that time, social media as we know it didn't exist, so Tamara says she not only had to create the company, but also the market. Because I was living in that world, and I loved all of the online communities, as I said, bit of a geek. And I I just knew that brands would be getting into this world. And so I, I sort of, I ahead of the time, I thought if I create a company that we could manage communities for brands to BBC standards, that was essentially the sort of where everything crossed, I suppose. And, and so finally went for it. And then over the years, it's completely changed into, you know, With the social element, we define ourselves now as that we help brands have a a genuine human connection to their consumers. And we do insights, strategy, 
creative engagement, creative content. So it's it's gone a long way and it's going to be, the company is going to be 20 next year and it's been quite the journey, I'll tell you that, Paul. In 2017, e-moderation was rebranded as the social element. Tamara says that the original name was holding the company back as clients were putting them in a moderation and reputation box. But the company as it was then and now is a hybrid of marketing, advertising and PR. By mid-2019, Tamara was firmly eyeing up a Social Element podcast. I've been a kind of a big fan of podcasts for for many years. And, you know, I, I really like, I just, I love the format. I love that you can kind of walk around and listen to them. And and they've been going, what, the early 2000s? Or yeah, a long time, 15 yeah. years or so, yeah. Yeah, because and and obviously I love yours. Yours is one that's <laughs> been you. going for, for quite a number of years now. Um, so I was very inspired by what other people were doing, and uh, also you know like the the format myself. I've had it on my list for it feels like about four years <laughs> of just saying start and effing yeah. podcast. I won't swear <laughs> on the podcast, but I actually had that on my to-do list. So it used to sort of ping every few months and just tell me and, and make me feel bad. But I'm I'm kind of quite a procrastinator. And I think I was I was quite overwhelmed by the challenge of what it would mean. And I and I think I thought it was harder than it was going to be, if that makes sense. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was like, oh I'd love to do that. Mm, it's it's a lot of hard work. And and the truth is, you know, running because uh, I run two two companies, I also co-founded Polpio a few years back with the the fantastic Kate Hartley, and so you know it takes quite a lot of work running the the two companies. So the thought of taking on a podcast it held me back, and then during the pandemic, I, I was possibly like other people stepping up my podcast usage and f- discovering new ones, and it felt like everyone was just getting on that podcast game and I thought what what is stopping me I'm just going to have to do it so I did it. The new podcast called Genuine Humans was launched in March and just for full disclosure Tamara approached me to help with planning production and editing. The show pulls on the fact that Tamara has met a lot of interesting people over the years of running the business and she says that she wanted to give them a platform to tell their stories Tamara and her co-host Wendy Christie talked to brand directors and CMOs about their personal stories, what drove them as children, their experiences and what's behind the brands they work for. Essentially it's about culture, leadership styles and people. I asked Tamara what she had in mind when launching the podcast in terms of what she wanted it to achieve. I think the first one is the passion project for me and Wendy so that's uh, desire to actually go through the process of, of interviewing people and listening to their stories. I think that was, you know, one of the main reasons is that I, I just, I love people. I think that's why I did psychology. I, you know, I, I love to hear the, the stories. The positioning, I think, is really good. So from the, the fact that it's called Genuine Humans, it, it's very much linked to how we uh, present ourselves um, to the outside world, you know, that when, when we're doing pitches, when we're meeting new clients, that's what we're saying to them, that, that we are helping them get closer. And and that's super important. You know, we're using social listening. We're using all of our community managers who are, you know, 
living and breathing the brand in the in the in the communities on social media they know what the consumers are saying and we have strategists who um you know of tracking consumer behavior and using all sorts of different data so we use all of that to to really figure out what makes people tick so i think the genuine humans podcast is a kind of extension of that positioning yeah so so that was important to us is to to have that that connection and then there is the marketing side as well that you know getting the podcast out there i i suppose it would come down as maybe sort of top of funnel area yep. it gives me permission to talk to brands that i would love to work with i mean being very very blunt i can now sort of uh, contact um, CMOs, marketing leaders of brands, and and just say, would you like to come on the podcast? It just feels a bit more real than saying, can I talk to you about the social element? So it's a it's a much more natural style for me to sort of get in contact with people. And number one, because I think they would be a great guest on the podcast, if they happen to then you know that the social element stays top of mind. Uh, to work with them, then fantastic. How have you found when you when you've approached people? How have you found the reactions from them? Well, I've been super surprised because no one has turned me down. Yeah, and I I suppose I was expecting people to say, "You oh, know, can't be bothered, too busy, whatever." And I think we've we've obviously got the positioning right because they have been so quick to say yes. And so invested in in the process because you know we you don't just sort of rock up and start recording. There's a lot of preparation, and I'm happy to go into how we're doing the preparation. But people have have said yes, and then what makes me and Wendy incredibly happy is that at the end they go, "Oh, God, that was really fun," yeah, uh, or they really enjoyed it. They enjoyed the process of going through the the interview, which is amazing. So um, so I think it's it then it allows us kind of a nice sort of bond as well uh, with the people. I, I agree with you. And I think my experience of doing this for three and a half years now is is people, gen- well, not even generally, on, on the vast, vast majority, people are very flattered to be asked to mm. for, for their opinions and their time. And, and they don't mind giving up, uh, you know, up to perhaps even an hour of their time to, to talk to you because... It, it, like you said, it's a different ask, isn't it? It's not. It's mm. not like you're saying, "Come and sit, and we'll talk to you about the company. We'll try to sell you something." You're interested in them as a person and what they know and their and their background. And I think that is a totally different way of of building a relationship with someone. That yes, then further down the line, perhaps you are hoping might turn into business, but it's not a sell. No, it's not the driver. It's not the driver. It's the the podcast for me comes first. Yep. Maybe that's the BBC side of me. That To me, it's all about the content. I've, I've got, got it into my head that I'm now running a podcast. Therefore, it's all about the podcast. If it happens to lead to there is a great connection and they would love to work with the social element, amazing, obviously, but that's not the driver. No, absolutely. So you've gone through and, and done one series now and you've got another series coming out at the start of June. June, yes. How have you found the whole process? Because like you said, you came into this perhaps a bit daunted by it, didn't understand what goes into making a podcast like I didn't, like probably everyone else who starts these things don't know. How have you found that whole process and and sort of what process are you, are you using? Sure. Well, I think as with my 
you know, over the last 19 years running the, the businesses, if I don't know, I ask someone and, and, and I get help. I'm not afraid to ask for, for help. And so what we did is I looked at, well, who else is doing a good job doing this? And I'll go and ask them. And of course, that was you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you know, we, we've sort of been uh, getting your assistance on how to do this, which has it's been brilliant because it, you know, I guess I'm sort of taking all of the years that you've been doing it and you've just sort of said, right, do this, do that, don't do this. Um, so super, super helpful. So, so I think, um, you know, having that, uh, the, the advice of you know, which technology we should use that, that became like tick, 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 yeah. use the, this software, get this microphone, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's the, the preparation that we've now honed, quite well so it'd be interesting to see because I know this is not the way that everyone does this what we do is that after I've kind of invited the guest we actually have a first briefing meeting uh, on video Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're using Zencaster which does audio and uh, video so we we meet the, um, the the guest on Zencaster with the video turned on so we can talk them through what is the whole concept? What is the audience? What we're expecting? Uh, and we do actually get them to give us a little idea of their story at that point, not to do the full version, do like a, a little mini version, because it helps us then personalize the questions for them. Yeah. We then send them all of the questions. So we refine the questions. So we do a bit of work after that briefing meeting. We then have a sort of a separate process where we're going through the questions, creating them, picking the right ones, send that off to them. And and the reason being that I, I think I'm an over overthinker. I I don't want people to think, oh gosh, I've got a podcast and I, you know, I don't know what it's going to be. So I don't want them to bail on us or anything like that. I'd rather that the guests have time to prepare. They are very busy people. Yeah. And I think that we're getting a, a good result of them having had that time to prepare. And then we actually do the recording. And what's been interesting is that it's very uh, clear to me that it's not like people are reading from their notes. You know, they've done their preparation and then they're just doing it free form. And that comes through um, where people are, it's much more conversational. And uh, and so that that's sort of, that's the process. But behind the scenes, there's been a lot of sort of us tweaking it and, you know, trying to get it right. And it is out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would say interviewing is not that easy. You make it feel very easy. And I'm sure that's all the years of experience. <laughs> but but it's, um, it, it is a, it's a skill. It's something you learn. I agree with you. I do agree with you. I think you, um, the more you do it, the more perhaps relaxed you become with it. Yeah. And it is a skill that you just learn. You know, it's one of these things you have to practice, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, the, the more, like I said, you, you go and, and as you do more series, you become, it becomes sort of second nature, really. But yeah. it's interesting because you, you talk about the way you brief people. And as you know, I, I don't do this. Yes. <laughs> and you, you know that because you're on this now. And I said yeah. to you, do you want to do a podcast about this? And you're like, yep. And then you rock up on the day. <laughs> and it, it is almost a bit like that. But again, that's just a different way of doing things. It's not that 
I'm right and you're wrong or you're right and I'm wrong. It's a different way. And I, I always think it's what makes you as the, the podcast producer comfortable and it's what makes yeah. your guests comfortable as well. Both of those things have to be right. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, I, I think I was expecting everyone to be so confident themselves, but I, I have found that people are, you know, was that okay? Did I say the right thing? Yes. You know, so yeah, yeah. everyone is kind of, nervous so my whole job it's a bit like when you're interviewing staff mm. it's not about testing them it's about getting the best out of them on the day yeah so for me it's about creating an amazing environment where they feel relaxed we're having a right laugh through this yeah, you know yeah. we we really get to know them and i think with perhaps two interviewers that the co-host thing perhaps allows us to make it a bit of uh, you know quite a fun environment that we can wendy and i can bounce off each other for example so yeah, different style, but for me, it's about making it a great atmosphere so that we get the best out of the person on the day. Yeah. And the preparation, you're right. It probably helps me make sure that I know what I'm doing. I, I like to know what's going on. I'm a bit of a control freak, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's interesting though, because I think again, you know, having you help us and give feedback because it is, it's new. And of course we're going to you know, not be brilliant from the beginning and we, we need to sort of tweak it. But, you know, near the beginning, I think I wasn't, I was just letting people talk more, which is great. But at the same time, you don't want a complete monologue. I do want them to take center stage. It's about them. Yes. But I was almost a bit too um, polite to chip in with questions. Again, as part of the learning experience, it's listening, doing really good active listening chipping in with um, more pertinent questions and perhaps, you know, trying to sort of dig a little bit more. So it, it's all a learning experience. And, and I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving being out of my comfort zone, learning something new. Uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying the experience. Podcast analysis has always been a major problem for marketers with outreach efforts reliant on dubious download numbers and a lot of guesswork. Until now. Podchaser Pro is a new service that solves the problem for podcasters and marketers alike. I caught up with co-founder Cole Raven. We've built this new product around audience sizes so that as like a PR agency or a marketing agency, you can use this tool to really understand how many listeners every podcast gets. And then we provide contact information on top of that. We understand how many people are listening to a podcast, how far they get into each episode, in some cases, demographic data. You can't find that anywhere else. Check it out at podchaserpro.com forward slash digital download. What have you found as the, the biggest challenge of doing that, that first series? Because you, you said you're out of your comfort zone. Mm. Is it the lack of perhaps control that you're talking about? Or were you nervous about how the podcast would come across to either existing customers or potential clients or I mean what what's the biggest challenge that you've, you've faced producing this thing that's really interesting because I don't think at any point that I thought it, this is going to be received really badly yeah um, I think I was confident that we had brilliant guests and that you know I was at least be able to ask some questions. And, yeah. you know, I, I knew I knew that what we had was going to be good. I think it's the in-the-moment conversation. It's probably, it's, 
I, I've spoken to you about this before. I'm an ambivert, which means there are days that I'm much more introverted, and then there are days where I'm much more extroverted. And, and you know, it's, it's, it really depends. Having a conversation with people, there are times for me where, like, the pause becomes really difficult that I will then try and fill that pause and that you don't really want to do that. Sure. <laughs> so there is sort of, it's the, it's the art of conversation that I think I sometimes struggle with. And so that's the bit where I'm out of my comfort zone, where I want to, I, I'm also a people pleaser. Honestly, it's really difficult being in my head. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. I'm an overthinker. I'm a control freak. So, so the actual process of doing the interview um, makes me nervous. Having said that, it's it's a performance, you know, and I know this because I, when I'm not running my businesses, I, I'm in a choir and we do singing. We're, it's like a pop choir. It's the best thing. At one point, it's it's called Natural Voices. And one point, they um, we were the backing choir at the Take That concert. So oh, we're, wow. And we do performances. And you have to prepare. And I also, I'm a big fan of karaoke. And I can get up on a stage and I can hold <laughs> the room and do all of the preparation. And I also do public speaking. And I've yeah. had a lot of training and, again, sort of, preparing yourself for the performance. So I know that the adrenaline is also good. It makes for a good experience. So before the podcast, I'm quite, I'm pumped, I'm excited and nervous. But I think because of this people-pleasing nature, I just want it to be brilliant for our guest. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot going on in my head. And wow. for that reason, it's emotionally exhausting. Uh, but You go and lie down in, in a dark room after <laughs> I've been very, very careful at the days that we schedule it. So, for example, we can't do – I couldn't do a podcast and then straight after do another one, for example. I have to have some sort of just – you know, I, I can go into meetings, but I I, I couldn't do that level of um, performance. But that's okay. It's interesting calling it a performance because I've never thought of it that way, but you are absolutely right because there are days where – You've got a, a podcast recording scheduled and you get up in the morning and for whatever reason, you just, you're not on it. You know, you, mm. you, everyone has days like that, down days and you just can't. But when it comes to the recording, I think you're dead right. You lift yourself for half an hour, an hour, whatever it might be. And you might go back to being down after that. But one of the issues I have with other podcasts at times is they can sound flat. Yours never does. I have to say it's Thank great. Thank you. But some podcasters just sound flat, and perhaps it's that thing. It's it's they're not they're not lifting themselves for that performance in inverted commas. It could be. Uh, yes, and I th I think maybe it's the inspiration that you you take as well because I've I've listened to some other podcasts that I thought, wow, that was so dull. Yeah, and and it, it feels <laughs> like that someone was just. Like maybe they were reading on auto cue or something like that. It, it it just, but the ones that I like listening to, uh, they're not all the business ones. You see, so yeah, I think perhaps yeah. it's uh, because I am a big fan of different podcasts. Perhaps uh, over the years I've been influenced by different things and thinking, well, I, I want to be a bit more like that, for yes. example. But the ones that I go back to all the time. I've already mentioned yours though, of course, the digital <laughs> download. Um, but the ones that I listen to uh, as my sort of go-to uh, ones are things like The Guilty Feminist and Women Talking Bollocks, which is, Women Talking Bollocks is perhaps my favorite one at the moment, 
because it's got three hosts and they just chip in it. It feels very off the cuff. And and that's not what we're doing. You know, we're not off the cuff um, with our questions, but um, but I love the fact that it can be a bit more um, raw and a bit more conversational. I, I totally agree with you again. I think, um, you know, if you're a business out there thinking of starting a podcast, I, I agree. Take your inspiration, not necessarily from other business podcasts listen to stuff that you like and it's exactly what I've done over the years think about the styles of podcasts that you like and the way people are in them just just taking inspiration from the sorts of stuff that you like and thinking about why that inspires you it can can lead your podcast in a whole different route and and lift it so much I think so I, I'm firmly behind that I think it's a it's a great bit of advice actually mm. So in general, then, how how do you feel that the first series of your podcast has gone? And how, what sort of feedback are you getting from, from people who have listened? I would say that it's going better than I expected because I, I did go into this with my eyes very much open that this is going to be a long process and a slow burn. You don't start a podcast and then suddenly everyone's talking about it. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, you have to put the work in. You have to kind of have that consistency. So I was being very realistic. And, you know, we put some ads out. We did a little launch version and uh, we put some paid behind that as well. So we, we got some good exposure. We're also on our email signatures. We have like the, the photo and a link so that, you know, there's a lot of buzz around the fact that we've got a podcast now whether or not everyone always has time to go and listen to the podcast is another matter so I've had lots of people saying oh you started a podcast that's great and um and the feedback from the people who have listened they have said they've really enjoyed it so that that is is really great for for me and you know we're talking small numbers at the moment um I think we've we've got you know we've been checking the stats and we're talking about 400 people here at this at this stage you know it started off small and beautifully formed but you know hopefully as time goes on and we remain sort of consistent and we're doing going to be doing four series a year i think you know come next year uh, i would imagine that those stats will be higher and there'll be more of a buzz i think it is what i was saying before it's again that permission that i've you know i've managed to talk to some people and created a, a stronger bond with some of the people that um that we've interviewed that means it's just you know they'll be coming to we we host very sort of intimate lunches and things like that so they'll all be coming to those it just means that I can connect more with and some of them are my clients already it it feels like a deeper connection it is a you know we've all become more genuine humans so from that point of view it's it's been a massive success for me and is that how you are measuring the success of this? Yes, yes, you're looking at the numbers, but is it more about the feedback you're getting? And the, uh, I mean, how how are you balancing that out? Yeah, I think it, it's more about the the feedback and the, um, I, I suppose, the fact that people are happy to come onto it. So you know that that we can get an, you know, great people coming onto the podcast is a measure that they like it as well so it's been so the the first people I interviewed of course they were people I knew who took a chance because I sort of said I just started a podcast with Wendy we've never done it before will you be a guest Um, (laughs) so you have to know people pretty well for them to sort of say yeah of course I'll 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 be on it and you know amazing guests people like Amber Kirby who was at uh, Eurostar 
We've had uh, Lee Goodyear from uh, who was at Shell and now at Huawei. Uh, Lee McGuffey from Virgin. I mean, just brilliant people, but they were people that I knew, as I said, who who were sort of uh, happy to come on and they've done a brilliant job. So I think, uh, but now it's been easier for the next series because those people are listening to them and and saying absolutely yes, please. So that to me is also a bit of a tick that we're we're doing the right thing. And it was wonderful just, you know, as I said, speaking to some people and at the end they go, oh, that was really fun. I think we've had a, a couple of guests, Tamara Strauss from Premier Inn, which is coming out in, in June, and uh, Sam Dolan from Aunt Bessie's, were both saying no one really asks us these questions. And they felt like it was a really, it was, it was just a, a good experience of having that hour where um, you know, they get asked all sorts of different questions. And 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 also, and this is an interesting one because we do send these the questions. People have said they've had time to reflect, you know, reflecting on perhaps some of the people who were key inspirations for them over their career and that it's been a, a rewarding process to do that reflection. So that that's a bit of a sort of a side effect of that that preparation that perhaps I wasn't expecting. So, yes, I suppose the measurement is... Is everyone having a good time? Am I enjoying it? Is Wendy enjoying it? Are we getting a, a, a bit of an audience? I don't need a massive audience. It's 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 never going to be a you know we're not going to be uh, at a festival doing our podcast. It's <laughs> it's a, a limited you know business podcast. But as long as we're having a brilliant time doing it, and I think connecting more with those people is our aim. Yeah. So if there's someone listening to this then who has been toying with the idea of of launching a podcast for their business two questions firstly should they do it and secondly what kind of key advice would you give them i think they absolutely should do it as long as there is a um you know a, a key driver i think having a theme is quite useful be prepared that it is going to take quite a bit of work you know i i would say it's taking up probably half a day a week at the moment mm-hmm. so you have to make sure that you are uh, allowing for that time for the preparation and for uh, inviting people and and then the actual recording itself and get the help to do it so I, I must admit Paul it it's lovely that we could just sort of send it off you to all of the fabulous <laughs> editing <laughs> put the music on make us sound great take out all of me sort of going um and ah and, and having <laughs> random cats coming through cat flaps and things like that so having someone to help is is brilliant and also something I personally have enjoyed is having the very direct feedback of you know you might want to change this in fact you don't just say you might want to change you just say (laughs) do this next time (laughs) it's it's like having a producer i suppose and that that has really helped me and wendy check out genuine humans wherever you get your podcasts or look tomorrow up on twitter You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review, as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.